Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. This is an exciting month. It really is. To make up for the travesty that we released to you last week, we're doing a whole month of TV specials. And we're kicking it off today with The Simpsons. Um, I have to preface real quick before we talk about our histories with The Simpsons. Unlike Treehouse of Horrors, the Christmas episodes were not an annual event, and I think there was some confusion there. Um, It's not the first five seasons of Christmas episodes, but the first five episodes that The Simpsons created. So, with that, Julia, tell me about your history with The Simpsons. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was growing up because my parents thought it was rude and crass and inappropriate, which... I can see <laughs> a little bit as a parent now. So I would sneak episodes um, and it always made me laugh, but just by virtue of it being outlawed in our house, I never, I never got to watch them regularly. So rediscovering them or just discovering them in my adulthood has been a lot of fun because Marty did watch it when he was a kid and it cracks him up. So that's always fun. Sarah wasn't allowed to watch them either as a kid because of the same for the same reasons. <laughs> I was allowed to watch them, but I was not really the biggest fan, honestly. It was always there. It got me to smirk a few times, but besides the Treehouse of Horror episodes, I was like, could take or leave them. I thought the movie was okay, and I love the ride at Universal Studios. The ride is really fun. But yeah, my history at The Simpsons, I appreciate what it is for, you know, the pop culture icon that it is. Like with Star Wars, you probably, you know, everyone knows what The Simpsons is, even if, you know, it's not as popular as Star Wars, but everyone knows who they are at least. So I appreciate that about them, but I don't know. They're there, they're there for me. They're neither good nor bad. I'm kind of ambivalent toward The Simpsons in general. Well, that is not the case for me. I was not allowed to watch them as a child, but like everything else that was forbidden, um, that did not stop me at all. (laughs) The rebellious nature of Tom came out in his viewing habits, and I pride myself on the fact that I have seen every single Simpsons episode ever made. Wow. That is a feat. Yeah. Pre-DVR subscription days, my Sunday nights would revolve around Simpsons during the uh, new episodes. So I don't love it as much now. More it's, it's a nostalgia thing for me. The new episodes just aren't really firing on the same cylinders that the earlier stuff did. But we'll get into some of that. So just to get it out of the way, The Simpsons was created by Matt Groening. There are way too many writers and producers and people involved in The Simpsons over the years to list. But I'm just going to give you a few. I mean, these names are people that most of us have all heard of. Again, Matt Groening, 
Conan O'Brien, Dan Castaneda, Lorna Williams, Mike Scully, Al Jean, James L. Brooks, Mike Reese, Hank Shearer, John Weinstein, Sam Simon, and Dan Greenlee were just a few. And for the cast, I'm just going to run through this real quick because we're going to see the same people in all of the episodes. Dan Castaneda did Homer, Grandpa Simpson, Barney, Krusty the Clown, Groundkeeper's Willie, Mayor Quimby, Mole Man, Sideshow Mel, and the Rich Texan, who is not in any Christmas episodes, but I list him because he makes me laugh. The fact that he just <laughs> he's from Texas and <laughs> guns anytime he's excited. Uh, Julie Kavner has been a staple um, since early on as well. She plays; She's the voice of Marge and uh, both of her sisters, Patty and Selma. Nancy Cartwright is a very masculine presence in the show. She's the voice of Bart, Nelson, Todd, Ralph, Carney, and she does some Maggie stuff. Yardley Smith is Lisa and predominantly Maggie. She does the sucking sounds. Um, <laughs> and then Hank, Hank Azaria, who is just, I mean, he's hilarious at everything he does. He was on uh, Mad About You. He was on Friends, Along Came Polly, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. And he's the voice of Gargamel in the new Smurfs reboots. But in the show, he plays Moe, Chief Wiggum, Snake, Professor Fink, Comic Book Guy, Bumblebee Man, Apu Nahasapina Petalon, Carl, Kirk, Officer Lou, Superintendent Chalmers, Cletus, Dr. Nick, Disco Sue, and Duff Man. Um, the guy's just brilliant. So <laughs> The Simpsons as a show kicked off um, the Tracy Oldham show, but their first real episode was the first episode we're going to talk about today, which is Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Um, and I'll introduce that one. Um, it aired on December 17th, 1989 into season one, episode one. There was no, this was back pre chalkboard gag. Um, so we just jumped right in and uh, here's a plot synopsis. It's a not so merry Christmas for the Simpsons when Mr. Burns plans to cut the Christmas bonuses at the power plant. And Marge has to spend the family's Christmas savings to erase a tattoo Bart thought would be a great Christmas present in order to hide the fact that he did not get a bonus. Homer takes a second job as a mall Santa. How'd you guys like this episode? Out of all the ones we watched, this one was probably my favorite. I actually remember, yeah. I I actually remembered this one, which I didn't remember any of the other ones. Like I said, really? I wasn't the biggest fan of The Simpsons. Um, but yeah, I really like this one. Uh, I don't want to say... I'll say it was not relatable, but I could... Uh, I'd. <laughs> it was probably the more realistic of the five. The plot, just in general. Like a dad who's not getting a Christmas bonus and has to take another job. Like we've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> take a job to get provide for his family on Christmas. And I liked that whole plot. And they introduce the Santa's little helper, and he's mm-hmm. cool. I love a good dog. An <laughs> underdog story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Julia? So I had no idea, one, that The Simpsons started off with the Christmas episode. So I thought that was super cool. And again, I've seen no none of these episodes prior to just today and yesterday watching them for the podcast. And I... I was so pleasantly surprised because when you have parents that build up how inappropriate a show is, you think it lacks heart and this does not lack heart. And I've always loved Homer just because in memes and all of that, you know, I mean, you can't, you cannot watch the Simpsons and still have exposure to every single one of these characters, but I, I really liked him. He, 
He was exactly what I was hoping I was missing all of those years. I really like this episode. It's not my favorite of the bunch, but I, I really liked it. And it gave me the feels, gave me the Christmas feels, which but guys did, I was needing pretty badly. <laughs> they did a good job incorporating Christmas music into the background of this one too. They did. I really respect it for what it is. I mean, like we said, this is the first 30 minute episode that they produced, which I think given that they had a great character development already, there were some things we see that I really loved that were not so developed. Homer already hates Ned Flanders, but he wishes, I don't know if you caught it, he wished Homer uh, happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) As Ned developed, that is not something that would have happened. Um, A good laugh. The, as we saw, as we see the other ones, the next one we're going to watch comes from season seven. The artwork, the illustration, it becomes much more put together. The voices too, they're not completely there compared to later seasons. They're not. It's like they're going through puberty and then they grow up later. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you have any favorite scenes or quotes from this episode, guys? I do. What are yours? So I liked when Homer is the mall Santa. And I guess he had been ranting about his problems to this little girl sitting on his lap. And the girl's like, I hope you feel better, Santa. And he's like, oh, I will when Mrs. Claus of Sisters get out of town. Thanks for listening, kid. (laughs) I really like Bart's encouragement to Homer in in Santa House when Bart pulls the beard and realizes that this small Santa he's going to heckle is really his dad. Where Bart says, oh, come on, dad. This could be the miracle that saves... The Simpsons Christmas. If TV has taught me anything, it's that miracles always happen to poor kids at Christmas. It happened to Tiny Tim. It happened to Charlie Brown. It happened to the Smurfs, and it's going to happen to us. And Homer goes, oh, all right. Who's Tiny Tim? (laughs) 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 To not know. Bart makes me laugh, too, even though a lot of times I'm cringing, right? Because it's that sea of misbehaved children. So he makes me equally cringe, but very happy at the same time. And so I like it when he makes the one comment of, I can't believe it, but it looks as though television has betrayed me. (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) So so I like at the end with Santa's little helper, Bart's like, oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? And Homer's like, but he's a loser. He's pathetic. He's, and then the dog looks at him and he's like, a Simpson. A Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) I liked Homer where he starts kind of losing his cool. And he's like, sorry, I'm just a big kid and I love Christmas so much. And I'm like, oh, that's me. And I'm going to go ahead and get with another Homer one real quick. When he's in Santa school and can't name all of the the reindeer, he's like Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Nixon, Comet Cooper, Donna Dixon. (laughs) 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 It's just so innocent. The part where Marge is writing the Christmas letters to family, I thought was just very funny too. So she's sitting there writing and it's a little chaotic around her. Not too terrible. She goes, dear friends of the Simpson family, we had some sadness and some gladness this year. First, the sadness. Our little cat Snowball was unexpectedly run over and went to kitty heaven, but we bought a new little cat Snowball too. So I guess life goes on. Speaking of life going on, grandpa's still with us. Five years ever. <laughs> Maggie is walking by herself. Lisa got straight A's and Bart. Well, we love Bart. The magic of the season has touched us all. <laughs> Marge is just such an optimistic character. Uh, yeah. From the- I love her. Oh, I I liked during this, um, at the beginning, the school pageant. Homer perks up when his kids are on stage. He's like, oh, it's Lisa. That's ours. And then they keep inter- introducing more kids and more skits. And he's like, how many grades does this school have? <laughs> Oh, how I feel at those things too. 
I was at my cousin's kid's t-ball game the other day, and I was like, oh, how cute. He's like, he's cute. And then I have to watch 10 other kids not as cute as my cousins. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God it's only three innings. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We haven't, we haven't had the joy of doing that yet. <laughs> the joy. With that, do we want to go ahead and rank this one? Yeah. What's that? First, before we rank it, this does pass the Linus test, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. For Bart and Homer, big time. Yep. Julia, what do you give it? I'm going to give this one a 6.8. We're very close. How about you, Anthony? Hmm. 7.5. I give it an 8. That brings Simpsons roasting on an open fire to an average of 7.43. So now we have a little break of six years before we have another Christmas episode, and... (laughs) Anthony, do you want to introduce the next one? Sure. So the next uh, Christmas episode came on December 17th, 1995. And it was season seven's episode 11, Marge Be Not Proud. And we had a chalkboard gag for this one. And it was Bart writing, I will stop talking about the 12-inch penis. (laughs) 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 Which I feel like I'm I'm glad you had me introduce that one, Tom, given my proclivity for that's what she said jokes. Oh, there was a reason there was a reason that's what went to you, Anthony. Bart is caught attempting to shoplift a video game. He tries to keep his failed four-finger discount trip a secret from Homer and Marge and initially succeeds. But unfortunately, Marge finds out when the family returns to the same store to have the family Christmas photo taken and punishes Bart by leaving him out of family activities. So what did you all think of this one? I love this one. Spoiler alert, this this is my favorite. This one did not resonate as well with me. It was still fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the Linus moment is one of the sweetest moments of all of the Simpsons episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, Christmas or not. I like how human Bart was in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the struggle and then the relationship with his mom and all of that. That's why I liked it the best. This one surprised me. This one falls basically middle of the pack for me with all the Christmas right. episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. I agree that Bart was probably the most likable in this one out of all of them, Julia. He had the most, uh, he seemed the most human in this one. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. The first one, again, the first one was my favorite, but I felt like that one compared to this one specifically resonated with me more. Hmm. I felt bad for Bart in this one, really. So I remember what that was like when I wanted a Super Nintendo <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't get it. Did you ever go up to your parents and say, Buy me a Super Nintendo or go to hell. Oh my gosh, that kid. I want to hit that kid. <laughs> well, that was just, remember that's what Santa told him to say. Uh, that yeah, Santa yeah. commercial, Santa comes busting out. You mean the oh, Santa right. Slay Santa? He was basically oh, yes. the Santa. Santa Slay Santa. That's right. He totally was. So, well, tell, your, so tell your folks, buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> and then the immediate cut to Bart running in the kitchen. Buy me Borms. Bone storm or go to hell. <laughs> and Homer's response to that was, young man, in this house, we use a little word called please. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. Anthony, that's exactly what I thought of when Santa busted in and those reindeer are like attacking the kid. I could not think of anything besides Santa's sleigh. Or I mean <laughs> they do. <laughs> 
<laughs> Part of me has to kind of wonder: Did they did did this have any sort of subliminal seed hmm. planted to create? I wish we could. Can talk I, to the director. Can I just say, Tom? I'm glad you suggested doing Santa's sleigh so early because we have referred to a lot of Santas more than I thought at less than a year in. In reference Definitely. to Santa's sleigh. <laughs> right? I know it's a terrible movie, but there are so many things in life that just, like, I'm really surprised that Krampus has come up so much less than Santa's sleigh. Santa's sleigh. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, which I was sad. There was no Krampus appearance. Okay, going back to the last episode we did, when they were doing all the different Santas, they didn't have a, they didn't have a Krampus or a Bell Schnickel, and that was really a big miss on their part. Agreed. <laughs> Can, so can I read off one of my favorite quotes? I would love it if you would. So I love when Lisa says, hey, I thought Krusty was Jewish. And Bart's like, Christmas is a time of year when people of all religions come together to worship Jesus Christ. <laughs> one of my favorite parts is when uh, Bart's getting escorted out of the try and save, which is an awesome store name. Um, uh, and and you know the bratty little boy Gavin his mom says oh that boy's parents made some terrible mistakes and Gavin just looks shut up mom (laughs) I really hate that kid oh man so I love after uh, Homer and Marge find out that Bart shoplifted and Homer just goes on the rant to bart stealing how could you haven't you learned anything from that guy who gives those sermons at church captain what's his name we live in a society of laws why do you think i took you to all those police academy movies for fun well i didn't hear anybody laughing did you except at that guy who made sound effects Sound effects, which I'm not going to imitate. <laughs> but then he <laughs> loses track of where he was going, and he was like, "Where was I? Oh yeah, stay out of my booze." <laughs> I loved when Bart goes over to Millhouse's house both times, and and Millhouse is like, uh, "This is great," and all I've done is entered my name, and it shows <laughs> Thrillhouse, and he says, "Welcome." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Thrill <laughs> And this first time when Milhouse doesn't want Bart to play, he just yells, Mom, Bart's swearing. And then Luann is just dragging Bart down the stairs. Next time Bart comes over, Mom, Bart is smoking. <laughs> That's what makes this one so funny to me is it's like it's paced perfectly. It's nonstop. Mm. Every few seconds you've got a joke. So I like the, um, the eggnog that Homer has his refrigerator completely full of nog and he loves it. And they're all eating it on everything. And he said, we only get 30 sweet noggy days. And I hate eggnog, but I thought that was funny. Oh, I hate eggnog too. They made, they had Easter eggnog this year. I saw Halloween and then they had Easter eggnog. So they're just moving it on up. Is it just eggnog, but branded in a different holiday? Yeah. No. They have little colored eggs on it. Um, Anything for a quick walk. I'm not usually the guy who's all about ascribing something to a certain time of year, but eggnog, I can't do. I just can't do that in the middle of spring. That's weird. (laughs) But I did like Lisa trying to eat the eggnog on her cereal in that scene and getting sick. (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
Um, uh, one of my favorite scenes in this was when Bart's contemplating stealing the, the, the game and you have the traditional Nintendo <laughs> characters coming on. Luigi, go ahead, Bart. Take her to the bone storm. And Mario's like, the store, she's so rich. She'll never notice. <laughs> Duh, it's the company's fault for making you want it so much. And they just have that random Lee Carvalho guy come in and as the, don't do it, son. How's that game going to help with your putting? <laughs> and, Son- and then Sonic, of course, encourages him. I love the recurring gag of this Lee Carvello guy. I didn't know who that was. Like, I had seen it before, uh, this episode before, obviously, several times. So I had to look him up. And he's not even, like, a real golfer. But he just seems like this, this B-rate golfer who came up with the video game. Golf. The Lee Carvello's, what was How it called? Funny. Carvello's putting challenge. Um, well, it's not really funny, but it made me kind of sad when he's over with Milhouse's mom because his own mom is kind of shunning him a little bit and she's um, sealing the envelopes and he's licking the, the stamps and all that and just chit-chatting with her. Um, he, he's kind of ignoring what she's saying and I just love that he ends it on, tell me I'm good. And like my heart broke a little bit. Oh gosh. I mean, this, I think that's why I like this one so much because it's got just buckets of emotion. I feel like I mean, watching these, I have a Bart in my house. And so I think that made this one extra emotional because my six-year-old, I kind of feel like <laughs> a little Bart in him. And even Marty said it when he was watching with me. He's like, I kind of feel like Gabe is very Bart. And he said, and that makes me feel all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked when Bart ran home to change the answering machine tape. First of all, that was a really funny reminder that that used to be a thing that I'd completely forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids, answering machines at home used to have little cassette tapes that you would have to change. But uh, when Homer comes home, he's like, hmm, we didn't have a message when we left. How very odd. And he plays the answering machine and starts playing, hello, Mada. Hello, Mada. Here I am at Camp Granada. And Homer's like, Marge, is Lisa at Camp Granada? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to just wrap it up with the last scene, the, the real Linus moment where we see Bart mm-hmm. has changed. They led us to believe Bart was going to go into the try and save and do something bad. But instead, uh, when Bart, when he comes home, <clears throat> Marge is chasing him around and Homer goes and closes the doggy gate and he just goes, get him, Ma. <laughs> Marge's like, there's no place to run. Bart, hand it over. And Bart hands her something and she's like, oh, Bart, I can't believe you did this. Uh, and it's a picture of Bart from the try and save. And the little receipt says paid in full. He said, I wanted to surprise you for Christmas. And she says, sweet, this is yeah. the best present a mother could ask for. I love you so much, my itty bitty Barty. And oh. Bart gets all shy. He's like, mom. I love it. Definite Linus moment there. Definitely. <laughs> all right. I'll kick off the reviews. I'm giving this a seven and a quarter. Anthony? Six. Julia? 9.4. Oh. So this one takes the lead at 7.55. All right. Number three, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. <laughs> Julia, do you want to re- recap that one for us? Oh, yeah. So the chalkboard gag in this one is Bart writing, Rudolph's red nose is not alcohol related on the chalkboard. <laughs> Made me laugh. <laughs> and I also loved the snow globe open. So that's one of, always been one of my favorite things about The Simpsons is when you get to the family shot in the opening scene. This one's a snow globe, which I liked. This first aired December 21st, 1997, which puts us at season nine, episode 10. And here's our plot synopsis. 
People throughout Springfield open their hearts and wallets after Bart accidentally burns the family's Christmas presents and claims they were stolen by a burglar. But when the truth is at last revealed, the Simpsons find themselves pariahs. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So Bart woke up by, I love the way he, he thought he was so creative by drinking 12 glasses of water before bed. Um, and Lisa tells him, you didn't invent this. It, you know, the Indians did. And he's like, it's always about the Indians with you, Lisa. <laughs> Bart gets up, plays with his toy, and uh, his lousy noise maker fire engine, that, the kind of toys we tell everybody that are not allowed in our house, but people still buy our daughter for some strange reason, starts an electrical fire and melts their tree. And Bart hides it and blames the burglar. What do you guys think? I like this one slightly better than the last one, but so, yeah, this would come out of everything we've done, out of the three we've done so far, second place for me. But I, um, no, I thought it was, I liked this episode. I thought it was amusing. I thought it was um, the whole plot about accidentally burning down a tree. I feel like that's been done on a few different shows over the years, but whatever. They made it their own. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It had this one. uh, I thought this one had nice heart to it as well. I like this one um, not as much as the last one, but I do like this one. Um, like you said, I like the heart, and I like how how much Christmas is in it. You know, it's got lights, it's got snow, it's got all of those things for me, and it made me laugh lots of different times. Yes, so, me too. Can ask, can ask for more on that one. Um, this one's my favorite of the Christmas episodes that we're oh, covering no. tonight. I always just I always thought this was really funny. Julia, you want to kick us off with your favorite scene or and or quote? <laughs> So my favorite scene is when, and it's just because it made me laugh like literally out loud and we had to pause it. Marty and I had to pause it because we were still laughing, um, was when Homer and Marge drive to the try and save and he parks horizontally in the handicap. And when he gets out, he's dragging his leg behind him. <laughs> I don't know if it was because I was tired, but like for a split second, I'm like, why is he dragging? Oh, <laughs> That's my favorite Z. <laughs> I know it's not sentimental, but man, it made me laugh. I liked when Lisa says, this year's tree is just perfect. That aluminum one was so fake. And Marge says, I couldn't agree more. From now on, it's plastic all the way. <laughs> my favorite part of this whole episode is when, you know, the whole town is banded together and Kenton Brockman comes out and he's reporting a follow-up on the story. But the Simpsons, but the Bart's parents have learned what really happened. And Kent says, Kent Brockman here for a follow-up with Springfield's favorite hard luck family, the Simpsons. Folks, any words for the Christmas thief if he's watching? And Homer's, er, yes, Kent. Uh, hello, jerk. We may never find you. And we should all probably stop looking. But there's one thing for sure. You do exist. <laughs> and Kent says, strong words. Strong, bewildering words. <laughs> I like when Bart says, when Bart says, hey, since when is Christmas just about presents? Aren't we forgetting the true meaning of this day? The birth of Santa? <laughs> that was my next quote. <laughs> uh, I really like it when Bart tells the family about what had happened. And Lisa quotes, does a Homer's just, why you little? And starts to strangle Bart. And Homer's like, Lisa, no, your hands are too weak. <laughs> then Marge says, stop it, stop it, and goes to break them up. And Lisa says, I'm killing him. And Homer says, no, I'm killing him first. You wait your turn. <laughs> I love the, it's recurring in lots of these Christmas episodes of the um, 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation plugging the Christmas lights in. Mm-hmm. You know, the two plugs coming together, which always gives me a thrill. But I like it when Homer's making that effort with putting the lights up outside and Bart says, it's craptacular. I just like, um, I like that Homer loves Christmas. <laughs> you do. You know, I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. He, he very easily couldn't, right? Because the job thing and the money thing and he's overworked and, or maybe he's not overworked, but <laughs> I just like that. He's like that. Homer reminds me of my father-in-law. Really? I, I don't know. I think it's a look, honestly. I, I don't I don't know. Is he bright yellow? <laughs> no, but bald and... Three strands of hair? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's being generous, <laughs> I think. <laughs> a little happy bee yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so I like when... <laughs> Mo is talking to Homer at the bar and he's like, Sounds like you're having a rough Christmas. You know, I blame this on the breakdown of society. And Homer's drunk and he's like, Yeah, you're right, Mo. You're always Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when Homer's talking to the kids. He's like, Well, there's no easy way to say it, kids. God hates us. I'll go out of order. There's one more. I like, like when they go, when they get all the money from the town, they go by the car and they have $15,000. And Homer says, is this car 15,000? And the salesman just rubs off the 12,000. It is now. <laughs> and of your losses, I'll throw an undercoating for 200, no, 490 bucks. <laughs> what a deal. I'd be a sucker not to get it. <laughs> I don't have any other quotes. Nope, me either. All right. Linus test. Do we pass it? Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think it's the weakest of the ones so far. Yeah. But Bart's truly sorry later that he lied. Yeah, he is. But it's nothing nearly as sweet of a Linus moment as our last one, which... No. I don't know. We'll top that one. I don't know that many things will. That one was just... I mean, outside of the, the Simpsons universe, that was just pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it passes. It it is softer than the other one was where. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> which is, is this? I feel like we're talking about the Office of the Simpsons in this one. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's rate this puppy. Six point five. Okay. Six point two. I'm gonna give it a nine. Oh. So this is number three for us right now, at seven point two three. And back to me. We're going to discuss the season 11, episode 9, The Grift of the Magi, uh, airing on December 19th, 1999. And uh, I, it opens up with one of my favorite couch gags, which is um, Bart writing over and over again, I will not sell my kidney on eBay. <laughs> 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 and uh, our plot synopsis, this, this was um, – this came out of a very – it was very apropos when it came out because Tickle Me Elmo was ridiculously crazy or, or was a ridiculous craze. Um, so a sinister toy company unveils Funzo, the next Tickle Me Elmo style fad to Springfield's Christmas shoppers. The toy is huge success in part because it's programmed to destroy all of the toys. How do we feel about this one? So this was my least favorite of the lot. This one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This one is kind of a slog for me to get through, honestly. I didn't last nearly as much or during this one as I did uh, the rest. 
I mean, they, it had its moments. I have a few quotes and everything, but yeah, no, this was definitely my lowest rank, rated one, which we'll get to in a bit. And this one was all over the place. So I watched these on FX streaming, which if anybody listening is wondering where to find them, if you have FX, you can watch every single episode. Um, so the title was right, but it was halfway through the episode when I was trying to reconcile what I was watching with the synopsis. And I'm like, I think I'm on the wrong episode <laughs> because there's this weird stuff with a construction company and the, and it just, I feel like it took a while to get to what the actual plot synopsis was. I mean, I think it took half the episode Yeah, and there were some laughs in there, but yeah, it was, it, this one felt really disjointed to me. I agree. There's- which, which is weird because I mean, the Simpsons, not my favorite show, but the writing is always very tight, at least in the, mm-hmm. these episodes that we've done. So yeah, that mm-hmm. surprised me going through and watching it today. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. It was my least favorite. There were some things that really made me laugh when it, when it hit, it hit on a lot of, it hit hard for me, but um, I did find myself going in between scenes with a lot less laughter. Yep. But my favorite quote is Homer. He says, now let's see, this will make three Christmases I saved versus eight. I've ruined two were kind of a draw. <laughs> <laughs> so I like when, um, Milhouse and Bart are playing and they've dressed up in their mom in Marge's clothing or maybe it's Milhouse's mom <laughs> and they're jumping on the bed in wigs and Homer comes in and he goes, ah, what's going on? And I want the non-gay explanation. <laughs> goes, uh, we're drunk, really drunk. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I love when Marge says, what about Mr. Burns? Maybe he could help. And Homer says, forget it. He releases the hounds on every charity that comes to the door. Feed the children, save the whales, even release the hounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, by the way, just as an aside, Mr. Burns in the Simpsons universe is probably one of my favorites. I love him and Smithers. Really? Because he's so cranky. You guys caught with that, going back to Julius, you, you know that uh, Barton Millhouse? You know what they were referencing, right? White Christmas? Yeah. When Danny Kay and oh. uh, Bing Crosby yeah. dress up as the yeah. sisters to throw the guys off. So <clears throat> that's why I like that little thing so much. It just reminded me of White Christmas, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies, I think, until I watch it for this episode, for this show. And you guys ruin it for me, I'm sure. The school funding part of this episode where, you know, the big toy company sponsors school, this school and they end up turning, getting these kids to work and they're doing really stupid stuff. That's what killed this episode for me. I didn't find any of that stuff funny at all. Yeah. It's just when Krusty says, so have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Crazy Kwanzaa, a tip-top tet, and a solemn, dignified Ramadan. And now, a word from my God, our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have that one written down. I'm kind of surprised. All right, Linus moment. I don't think so. I didn't get one at all. Failed. Uh -uh. Way to go, Simpsons, failing on our metrics that we've created for a podcast. <laughs> Decades after you aired this. Yeah, no, it definitely did not hit the, the lightness moment for me at all. It didn't give me the Christmas feels in any way. Mm-mm. And it also, like I said, I think Anthony said it best when he said it to begin with. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a three. I give it a four. I give it a three. It gives us a three and a half, bringing this as our very bottom. All right, we've got one more. 
So aired initially on December 17th in 2000, which puts it in season 12. It's Skinner's Sense of Snow. Um, our chalkboard gag is science class should not end in tragedy. <laughs> Can I interrupt here real quick for a fun little tidbit for you guys? Yeah. I have lit two chemistry laps on fire. Oh my gosh. Really? High school and college. <laughs> the entire lab? No, no. Just started fires and had to evacuate. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> they shouldn't make us wait so long between steps. I get really bored. Did <laughs> <laughs> oh so you start mixing random stuff? Yeah. I thought I did what I thought we were going to do oh. next. Professor oh. Snape would freaking hate you. He would hate me. I wouldn't, <laughs> potions class would not be my win at all. Can I just say for a second, who has downloaded and played the new Hogwarts mystery game? So disappointing. Mm-mm. Don't, for one. It lasted about 24 hours on my phone. I got to that wiggle wand potion and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It gets impossible to play it for free. Yeah, yeah. That. You have to buy stuff. And like, I had to be pushed to the edge to buy something on a game, but like, it literally gets impossible to pass to the next challenge if you don't buy credits. You know, yeah, or or you have to wait an insane amount of time. I I didn't even have enough time to wait to make that potion. I still had like two stars left and I ran out of time. Yeah. One star left. Yeah. It's such a, first of all, I found the game to be disappointing in general from what they promised. Mm -hmm. But B, yeah, what a scam. Oh, it's yeah. free, except it's really not. It's really not. It's like there's not enough free before you get to the <laughs> point where you have to pay for stuff. It's like the first challenge. You have to, oh, sorry. Lame. So Super lame. While we're on a Harry Potter tangent, what would be your favorite class at Hogwarts? So I'm torn between two. Which two? Charms and Transfiguration. Yeah, Charms. Charms would be my favorite. What are you, Tom? I'd like anything that involved getting out of the castle with, with Hagrid. Care of magical creatures? Yeah. I'll tell you uh, anything, but yeah. I would love, oh. So one of my favorite immature jokes in the Harry Potter books, when they're looking at planets in the tea leaves, and Lavender Brown is like, Professor, I think I see Uranus in my teacup. And, and, and Ron just leans over to Harry and he's like, can I see Uranus too, Lavender? And Trelawney ends up giving them extra homework when she hears it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And it's funny because three years later, Ron and Lavender were together. So there's that. Oh, gosh. I'm due for a reread. Me too. (laughs) Okay, sorry to diverge there. So Skinner's Sense of Snow, our synopsis. When a giant blizzard comes to the city and buries Springfield Elementary in snow, the children are trapped inside and soon rebel against Principal Skinner, while Homer and Ned try and rescue them with Ned's car. So so this episode for me... It's a winter episode, but I didn't get a lot of Christmas feels from this one. Yeah, I didn't either. Like, it was very snowy, and I liked the snow and it being set winter, but yeah, like, it really had very little to do with Christmas, except that they might miss Christmas for being snowed in, but that wasn't a big, you know, Christmas didn't have to do with the plot very much. I'm with you. It had a winter feel, not necessarily a good, good solid Christmas feel. It is listed as one of their Christmas episodes. Um, Just because yeah. air dates. Right. And, and winter theme 
I mean, I love any episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Flanders have a lot of scenes together. Yeah, that's true. That part was very funny. I do like when um, Bart's griping because nobody gets a, everybody's getting a snow day except for him. And Marge is like, we don't get a snow day. And Homer comes in and he's like, it's closed. <laughs> and he runs outside and he makes a snow angel and it turns into a Satan. He's like, why does that always happen? <laughs> um. I liked when they're watching the football game and they start making fun of, you know, the wardrobe or whatever. And uh, the wardrobe manager gets mad and Homer's like on the phone with Lenny watching football, I guess. He's like, Lenny, are you watching this? And he's like, yeah, they really hurt that guy's feelings. I, was like, I know. <laughs> I love when Homer and Flanders are driving and they may have hit something. And Flanders says, I think we hit something. And Homer's like, I hope it's Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at yeah, him. He just looks at him. It's just a joke. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that part too. The scene where Bart and Lisa are sitting around listening to the radio to find out who what schools are closed. Do you guys remember doing that as a kid? Oh heck yeah. Yep. And it felt like it always felt like, or when when they would scroll across the TV, it always felt like whatever school I was in was the very last one. <laughs> yeah, either yeah. be announced that it's closed or telling us that it was open. Mine was always at the end of the alphabet too, so it was torture waiting for them to get to the W's. Mine was smack in the oh. middle. Oh. Like I think it was M, which is literally the halfway point. I think. <laughs> I liked the. Uh, at this point, it was. Still relevant, but Skinner's obsession with Christy Yamaguchi. <laughs> remember that? Uh, where Nelson says, I can get through the snow and part Eskimo. He says, I don't care if you're Christy Yamaguchi. No one's leaving this building. Bart says, that stinks. We'll miss the itchy and scratchy where they finally kiss. And Principal Skinner says, I don't care if they're kissing Christy Yamaguchi. You're not going home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a recurring gag then? No, no. Just like where it was here. He was just obsessed with Christy Yamaguchi here. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> So I like when they're watching the uh, Ken Brockman and he's like, roads closed, pipes frozen, albinos, virtually invisible. The, the weather <laughs> service has upgraded Springfield's blizzard from winter wonderland to a class three killer storm. Whom <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Marge say class three is really worrisome or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that I bet class he three worries me. And he goes on to say, where are the city snowplows sold off to a billionaire Montgomery Burns in a veritable orgasm of poor planning? And you just see him and Smithers playing volleyball with the snowplow. <laughs> Ralph is always just a funny character. He has some of my uh, favorite quotes, one I always use. He says uh, he had a when everybody got their ear pierced, his earring got stuck in his shoulder. He's like, my shoulder hurts and my neck hurts. I have two owies. But uh, anyway, <laughs> just an aside about Ralph. Um, when Ralph goes up to Mr. Skinner, or to Principal Skinner, Mr. Army Man, I can't sleep without my Reggie Rabbit. Is that sort of some sort of plush novelty, Ralph? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's just as good. <laughs> Ralph starts rubbing the scouring pad on his cheek. It's cold and hurdy. <laughs> I have one more, and it's when Marge says, this is terrible. How will the kids get home? And Homer's like, I don't know, internet? <laughs> I thought it was really funny when Bart starts reminding Skinner of being, you know, with the Viet Cong by screaming Mao, Mao at him to get him to write stuff. 
and then <laughs> the logic that the kids have when they learn how much money that Skinner makes, he makes 25000 a year. <laughs> Let's see, he's 40 years old times 25 grand. Wow, he's a millionaire. When <laughs> <laughs> they're driving and the hamster flies through the windshield. You remember that? <laughs> a hamster ball. And he's like, just like the one that saved Ezekiel. We're saved. <laughs> I don't think this one passes the Linus test. There was a, we, I don't think they gave them any moment of realization at all in this. Um, mm-hmm. Well, unless you look at Lisa as the camel wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that was about the most Christmassy feels for it, for this one. No, I think we all agree. No, no Linus moment here. Right? Yep. Right. So I would give this one a four. Anthony gave it a four. Julia, I gave it a 4.5. Julia? 4.1. All right, guys. So let's rank these. Our number one episode was Marge Be Not Proud at 7.55, followed by Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire at 7.433, followed by Miracle on Evergreen Terrace at a 7.23, and Skinner's Sense of Snow at a 4.2, and The Grift of the Magi at three and a third. So we see a pretty big declination between four and five. Each of our personal favorite ones came actually pretty close to one another. They did. They were really close. I mean, they were... um, Yeah less than a quarter point off in uh, the votes. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I will say, guys, even though I'm not the biggest Simpsons fan, I enjoyed talking about it with you both. Yeah. And I did did like these episodes, too, in fairness, for the most part. I quote the Simpsons, like Anthony quotes The Office, but with a little more variation. (laughs) Whoa, I can do variation on The Office, Tom. I feel like you quote Simpsons like I quote Friends. I probably do amazing quotes. Yeah, too. I think I probably quote Friends at least once a day. Yeah, I quote The Simpsons at least once a day. Friends is usually a couple times a week at least. Mm-hmm. And of course, The Office. You know, mm-hmm. impossible for that not to come up. Mm-hmm. We're TV generation, guys. We are TV generation. Which, <laughs> um, speaking of that, before we get into our our sign off mode, I was going to ask you guys um, what are some other just for our listeners because we you know we have about an hour episode a week. That leaves a whole lot of time for everybody else. What are some fun pop culture podcasts that you guys listen to aside from our own? I love My Favorite Murder. If you like true crime, that's Ooh. a winner. That's I like great. True Crime Garage. If you're going to listen to true crime too, that's a good oh, one too. I got to so check, check that, one, that one, out. one out. Yeah, I'll have to check yeah. out yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, pop Culture Happy Hour. I know you listen to that one, Anthony, mm-hmm. right? Yep. For pop culture stuff. I like that one a lot. And then I have other serious ones that I don't attribute to pop culture. <laughs> we should do those one week too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, Decrypted, the Ars Technicus TV podcast. They don't have anything going right now, but they did, uh, they've done quite a few really good shows they've covered in the past. And I've done the, radio, the Raised by TV. Have you guys heard that one? Uh-uh. It's really good. They talk about 80s TV. There are two podcasts with the name. The one that I like is by Earwolf. Um, but the they go through things like Game shows from the 80s and 90s, cartoons, commercials. They do a whole episode on TGIF and sketch comedy. Um, They did a whole episode about Nickelodeon originals. I mean, it's just, it's fun, guys. Uh, I'm I'm two episodes behind, one of which is uh, Teen Angst TV, which I'm really excited to hear. Yeah. So, listeners, if there are any 
other podcasts that you like that you'd like to uh, us to check out, please feel free to let us know. And one of the best ways to do that is to interact with us on uh, social media. We're on Twitter. We're on the Facebooks. We're on Instagram. We've got a subreddit. So let us know what some other podcasts you like. Give us some feedback on our podcast. What works for you? Constructive criticism. We'd love that as well. While you're out looking at us on social media, go ahead and like and share our pages to help us spread the Christmas cheer. Subscribe to our show on iTunes. That helps us a lot or wherever you get your podcasts. If you could just take a minute. It take, and if you could, it takes less than a minute. If you can just give us a rating on iTunes, that helps us quite a bit. Um, and we have a website you can visit at tisthepodcast.com. Speaking of our subreddit, we got a lot of good interaction this week. We did. It was fun. And I, there was way too much to go through, but I did just a lot of the, so people wrote in, a lot of people wrote in with answers to our questions from last week. Um, specifically, we asked them to, you know, answer the Santa one. What would be your favorite aspects of the job and the least ones? And a lot of people have similar answers. So I think the most popular favorite aspect would be the cookies and the sweets mm. <laughs> and just having Christmas around you all year up at the North mm. Pole and bring happiness to children. Those are the popular answers. And then um, least favorite, a lot of people mentioned the naughty list. And then people said the toll it would take on your family, like you saw in the Santa Claus 2 with Charlie. And um, when does Santa get a holiday? Somebody asked that. I forgot who. Oh. Um, <clears throat> Disco 54 also mentioned we should do foreign Christmas specials. At some point. That's a great idea. I love that idea. I think that should be its own whole month next year. Yeah, I agree. Like, like dedicate a whole month to it. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. And I do just want to congratulate one of our listeners who's a frequent commenter. Um, she just gave birth to a baby boy. So congratulations, Scary Bentrop. That's oh, what I was congratulations. Say. <laughs> I would tell the same thing. That was so exciting to see. Oh, we did have recommendations on our subreddit. People really want to see us do a South Park Christmas or Family Guy Christmas episodes. Oh. Uh, Miles Chris 666 asked for those, and that rivet guy gave some love for the South Park Christmas episodes, so we'll keep that in mind. I'm really surprised at how many people... I didn't know the Christmas pajama thing was such a thing, but apparently it's a thing. Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's a big thing. Oh, there was somebody... That's what uh, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there were two answers to one of the, um, three questions I want to read verbatim because I completely agree. So that Revit guy, in terms of what's the most annoying thing about Christmas or the thing you like the least, if you had to pick one. And he said, I don't mind that stores put out Christmas items early, but it gets my nerves if they start packing it all away the week before Christmas. This happens during Halloween, too. It feels like an assembly line. They only want to anticipate the next holiday, so they rush to get it all swapped out, and I hate that. I hate that, too, completely. I haven't noticed that. I noticed Target was really bad for it this year. That's what I was going to say. Target, it's like the Christmas stuff is just gone. Yeah, they do condense it. I don't feel like they pack it away, but they condense it because that's like that's when I do most of my shopping. It's towards the end and right after Christmas because I love those deals, man. But it does get moved to just a few rows, I guess. Yeah. That's and and um, like this year, we were there on like the 23rd and they'd already, I mean, like Christmas was already gone. Ugh. Well, you yeah. know, for inventory's sake, that's just good common sense when it comes to running a business. Well, no, I mean, like, like 
like not just that, but the displays, <laughs> like the oh yeah, like the the Christmas feels. Well, I mean, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to be on December twenty third and have ornaments galore, but uh, right. It would be nice to see elements of Christmas prominent. Yeah. Kirkland P also had an answer to that same question, and it was kind of what I was trying to get across last week myself. He said, I think the amount of complaining from both sides, sides, whether that be about the war on Christmas, quote unquote, people, or those who complain about others celebrating, that's what annoys him the most. And I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, keep up, like Tom said, keep up the good feedback, guys. Like this week, we were really happy with how much we got. Yeah, I was, it was so nice to see, you know, 15 comments on our thread about tonight's episode. That was really cool. Clearly, people have people, been messing the questions. Exactly. I was about to say, I think people like the questions, and they probably needed them just as badly as we did last week. Um, in addition to answering questions we ask on the podcast, we like suggestions of all sorts. We don't just cover Christmas stuff. Um, we've been known to veer into the realm of non-Christmas on our Patreon site for those people that like to um, have the additional donation of actual money instead of time for a dollar a month you get access to our patreon episodes which are uh, right now we have hocus pocus non-christmas we have clue non-christmas and we have the unedited office um, episode which is just a ton more content than what you heard on our regular uh, free downloads so we're looking for new content all the time we have ideas but y'all have super awesome ideas as well so give us those also and you can find us on patreon at tis the podcast so next week guys we are continuing television month with x file season six episode six how the ghost stole christmas so Yay. that's I'm exciting excited. <laughs> i'm excited I'm so too super excited about this I love the Mulder and Scully season. It's the real X-Files. The original. The real yes. X-Files. The Agreed. reboot's not so much. Season I don't know what happened in that. Glorious. I don't know what happened in that time between the originals and the reboot, but man, uh, Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny just do not have the chemistry anymore. It's yeah, they long. really lost it. And I didn't realize I just, how much of that show was that chemistry. Sorry, go ahead, Julia. No, I was going to say I just finished watching. I had them all DVR'd, and I just finished watching them right from this last season. And um, mostly disappointed, although there were one or two episodes that were great. Which I my favorite X Files episodes were the Monster of the Week, not the big conspiracy stuff. I was all a big fan of the Monster of the Week. So the ones I loved were were Monsters of the Week, and oh. Yeah, mine it. too. I felt the same way about Supernatural. Like their Monsters of the Week episodes are really good, especially their earlier seasons. Yeah. Uh, the later seasons became so bogged down with mythology and got mm. away from the core like concept of just going to hunt monsters. Yeah. 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 Keep it simple, stupid. Speaking of things that are not stupid, <laughs> if you're listening <laughs> to this on the day we drop this episode, we have only 233 days until Christmas. Which is only 33 weeks. Which is 35% of our way to Christmas. If you, if you want another milestone, guys, we are halfway to Halloween. And we know Halloween <gasps> is really that well, a big marker in the lead up to Christmas. But it's six oh months gosh. exactly, well, from yesterday to Halloween. This oh, my goodness. Halloween. This is Halloween. Yep. So I can't we, believe it. we're going fast. All right, faithful listeners, 
thank you so much for listening. And until next week, enjoy. Truth is out there. <laughs> oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> wow.